Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. ready for the holiday weekend right here on if you don't like that my guest is coming up in just a moment but first i want to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by new works plumbing of sacramento locally owned for over 20 years new works has a fix for you leak detection water line repair plumbing repair bathroom plumbing new works is a full service plumbing solution no matter how small or how large your plumbing problem They've got a fix for you. And remember, if you happen to have an emergency in the middle of the night, no problem. New Works will be there with their 24-7 service. For all of your plumbing needs and repairs, just go to newworksplumbing.com. That's N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com. My guest has been on the show on a couple of different occasions. Used to have him on my radio show in Sacramento very often. Uh, his knowledge about football, both the college and the NFL, is top shelf. His website is top, top, top shelf. Just go to LandryFootball.com. It is an absolute pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, Chris Landry. Chris, it is fall. It's Labor Day weekend. Let's get it going. How are you, sir? It, it, I'm doing great. You know, it's just exciting to get the football season officially underway kind of uh, for college football getting uh, the, the elongated weekend that has become quite a tradition and then it leads into week two which brings in the NFL so it, it just it's a great time of year it's come yeah, they're coming quicker and quicker as we've been talking about uh, off the air but yeah I'm excited about the season and seeing what it's going to bring and, and trying to see some new faces and new places uh, this weekend. Chris, a couple of days ago, the 49ers made a, a surprising move, or at least a lot of people thought it was unexpected. Jimmy Garoppolo, a restructured contract to back up Trey Lance. Do you see any negatives at all to that situation? No, I don't. Here's here's why. And, and here's how I, you know, I'm pretty sure how it played out and kind of what I've gathered, but mainly just being through situations that are kind of similar. So they, they really didn't get any real trade play for him coming off of an injury. And, you know, if somebody, if Seattle or even in the division, you know, like Seattle or anybody would have said, look, look this we want this guy to be our starter, then they, they would have made a trade that would have uh, maybe been amenable to them. They couldn't really do that. And I think he knows that. His agent knows that. So I think they said, look, let's, we'll still keep trade, uh, you know, on the table. 
because there's still a possibility, Grant, somebody's quarterback could go down with an injury, and somebody that right now is not interested in Garoppolo or making that move, pulling the trigger on it, might be willing to do so in four weeks. We just don't know what happens in this league. So, look, well, why don't you restructure it down? We'll we'll build incentives. So if you're the guy and, you know, it gives them insurance with Trey Lance, who's their future, but is the future now? Well, the future is now with this team, but is Trey Lance ready to be the future quarterback immediately? I think all those things are, you know, factored into it. But I think what really happened is, look, they couldn't get really good trade value. Let's see if we can extend it a little further. Maybe we get the right trade that makes sense for all of us. If it doesn't, then, you know, if you win the job, you can certainly earn a lot of money. I think it's interesting that he was willing to take it and not demand a release. Um, so it's interesting that he played out that way. How long do you think it will take? Trey Lance is going to start September 11th. He's the quarterback. Kyle Shannon said you've got the keys to the car. The Niners have a relatively easy schedule at the beginning of the year. Again, at Chicago, then home against Seattle. How long do you think it will take before we know whether Trey Lance is going to be that guy or not? Honestly, it'll take more than just this season. Everyone's going to make the snap judgments, but look, it's a good team that they're going to, it's built around the running game. So there's, you know, and he's going to be implemented into the run game. And I think it's going to be an easier transition for quarterbacks that go on a bad team. I mean, so I think there's an built in advantage. Is he going to be a polished passer that's going to be able by week eight or no, it's going to be a gradual improvement. And I think you really don't know till you get what you have in a quarterback until you get to about 20 starts. Now, you know, the flashes, you will see great plays and say, man, that guy is really something special. But is the, will you see the consistency? I think it takes about 20 starts. So how many games is that? I mean, how many you know years of that? Well, you know, how many starts is he going to get this year? But I think progress will be made as the season evolves. Chris, I did a rant on this a couple of days ago, and I went back to the 2018 draft. Baker Mayfield one, Sam Darnold three, Josh Allen seven. Cardinals make a move to trade up to take Josh Rosen 10, and then Lamar Jackson went at 32. Obviously, Rosen's not even in the league, can't play, bust. Baker's in Carolina. His backup is Darnold. Allen, obviously great, and an MVP season a couple of years ago for Lamar Jackson. You have been in NFL front offices for a long time. You have been scouting. You've been evaluating talent pretty much your entire adult life. How is it that so many evaluators make mistakes on quarterbacks coming out of college? Because they don't necessarily view him as the complete prospect that they would take that high, but because the need factor, look, he's got a chance. Let's, you know, we're better off giving it a shot because if we don't have a quarterback, we're not going to have jobs anyway. So I don't know that they were sold on, you know, many of those quarterbacks, but I think they felt like they had enough of the traits to give it a shot. And I do think that it is fair to say, that while Josh Allen is great, and I would put him in that elite category with Justin Herbert and, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, what's the common denominator with those three? They're all great. And I'm not suggesting they wouldn't be really, really good somewhere else, but they're all with good teams. They're all with good organizations, all with good coaches. They've been developed well. The team's been developed around them. You know, I'm not saying that if you put Sam Darnold in one of those situations, he'd be as good as those guys. He would not, but he also wouldn't be as bad as he would 
had been being on a bad team and maybe same for the others. I mean, Lamar Jackson still is very limited as a passer, but he's a great athlete. There's on a really good team. And, and, you know, so I think it really has a lot to do with that. And I think that, so there's a misevaluation. Well, there could be, it's a misevaluation, an organization that doesn't have a lot of structure in some of those cases, then you change coaches and the, well, they've got different ideas of what the previous staff had. All those things contribute to the lack of success. Now, Josh Rosen was really overvalued and you know poorly evaluated because I just didn't think he was going to be good enough. But I do think that maybe somebody like Sam Donald in a better situation to start might have had more success. Baker Mayfield was always a little immature. Um, so I, I think there's a combination of misevaluation, but there's also we don't focus enough on how we cook the meal, how we, you know, let it simmer, let it develop, and how we put the ingredients around them. This past NFL draft was not a quarterback laden draft. What about next season as we get to this football season? NFL fans are going to be looking at their teams that are not very good. Maybe Seattle, you know, maybe they are able to, you know, have a terrible year and draft one of these guys. How many first-round caliber quarterbacks do you expect to be in the draft next season? Well, it's going to be an interesting year. I I expect Bryce Young to come out. He's a guy that's built a little bit like a Russell Wilson, but with better passing passing skills. So you've got a guy like that that's going to go high. Uh, Let's monitor C.J. Stroud, who's bigger and, um, he's got a chance to have a phenomenal year. So those are two guys that I think will be off the board relatively quickly at that position. I think there's some guys that have some ability with some potential. I'm not ready to throw uh, Anthony Richardson as a passer, the athletic great quarterback out of Florida, um, you know, in the mix yet. But he's kind of built like a Cam Newton, and he's athletic, and I think he's got a lot of work to, uh, to, to, that he needs to develop as a passer. But, so I think you've got a couple of guys early, and I think you've got some other guys that may end up developing and being in that mix. Tyler Van Dyke of Miami is another guy that's intriguing. There's a few Grant that can play their way into it, but the two three guys there I think are going to be looked at really high. I think Will Levis of Kentucky is another guy that I don't think he's a great prospect, but watch and see if he doesn't rise and have great value. For the same reasons that we just talked about, well, why do some of these other guys get drafted? Well, because in the in the era, and this is, I think, another point, in an era where you don't pay the big bonus type of money as a rookie, the risk is almost worth it to take a guy that might have flaws but has maybe a chance to be good because if it doesn't work out, yeah, you really missed on a high pick. That That is costly. But it's not missing a high pick that you've got to guarantee loads of million dollars to because the rookie contract is, you know, such that it is you've got three years to figure out if he's good. And if not, you just go and draft another one. Because if you don't have a quarterback, you've got a very, you know, pretty low ceiling in this league. You're not going to go very far if you have an average quarterback or below, even if you've got a really good team around them. So I think that has a lot to do with why people say, well, heck, not crazy about it, but I'm going to take a shot. Will Levis may be this type of guy as well. couple of big moves this offseason. Tyreek Hill goes to Miami. Devontae Adams goes, obviously, to the Raiders. Do we, as fans, make too much of really good receivers leaving teams when you have 
future Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I mean, we had this same discussion when Jordy Nelson left Aaron Rodgers, and we're like, oh, wow, you know, Aaron's left his or lost his go-to guy, and then all of a sudden Devontae Adams ends up being one of the top receivers in the NFL. If you're a great quarterback like those guys, do we do we make too much out of who's lining up next to them as their wideouts? I think we probably do, but I think in let's take situations individually. So if you're a, a great receiver, and you with a great quarterback, and you go at a place that you don't have a really good quarterback, and maybe you don't have the complimentary receivers around you, it's not going to work. It's not going to be as good. And, and I don't. I'm not going to say that it's going to be as good. But in these situations, Tyree Kill has got some good receivers around him in Miami, and I think obviously it's going to depend on Tua. If the chemistry that is looks to and appears to be going as well as it has. And they working on the deep ball. I mean, yeah, yes, certainly you can have some success. Is it going to be as good as with the Chiefs with 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 the Mahomes? Probably not. Now his numbers may be great because he's got, I think, some flexibility with a creative coach. I think the other thing is, do you have pass protection to allow guys to be able to go deep and and to make? I think all those things factor in. So I think it could be effective, just like I think Dante um, Devonte Adams can be really effective with a guy he's very familiar with in, in David Carr, a good quarterback, an underrated quarterback, but not Aaron Rodgers. So I really think it depends a lot on, yeah, how much of a drop is the quarterback going from where you are to where you're going? Um, and then what's the drop of the teammates around them? The other receivers that may dictate coverage their way and give you more opportunities, maybe like in Kansas City or um, – you know, pass protection, all those things factor in. But I think, yeah, I think oftentimes you just say, well, you know, he's going to change Miami around or he's going to change the Raiders around. He's going to help them, but it's going to have have to have some other components if as a team they're going to be as good as Kansas City. Kansas City is a better team than both of those teams right now. You know, you talk about pass protection, and I'm looking at some of the injuries to the Buccaneers line. I'm looking at the losses that the 49ers had on their line. I'm looking at the Raiders, and I'm talking about three teams that people are expecting really good seasons from. You and I, every year, we talk about teams that don't have really good offensive lines. They, they generally struggle. When we evaluate, let's start with Tampa right now with their injuries. How would you evaluate their offensive line right now? Shaky right now, and it's got to get a little healthier. They've got to make some moves there to shore it up. Look, Tom Brady will absolutely carve you up if you give him time. If he doesn't have time, it's not going to be the same. Um, and I think we see that like when they play the Saints. The Saints have a really good pass rush, and they have just they've just handled the Bucks offensive line and beaten them with Brady there. It's just been, it hasn't been real effective. Now, could you see more of that if you have breakdowns? Now, Brady gets rid of the ball quickly. There's no question. Um, they've got guys that can get the ball uh, in space. So I think he can mitigate some of that grant, but man, you, you certainly are not going to be able to the seven step drop stuff. I mean, you might be limited to what you, you know, how much of that you can run if your protection doesn't hold up. So I think it's, an issue, um, maybe not a debilitating issue, but I think it would take them out of what I would consider, you know, the favorite role that some people have them in until I can see that their offensive line is holding up. And, you know, there again, how, you start the season sometimes with a little bit shorthanded and you never kind of catch up and, and you always are kind of behind the eight ball. So I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about their offensive line. 
Again, San Francisco now. Everyone's talking about Trey Lance, Trey Lance, Trey Lance. I'm looking at that offensive line. They've lost some key guys to free agency. Where do you see that line right now? Yeah, I, I, I have maybe less concerns, but I still have concerns. I think it's an issue. I think that they, they're they a little bit more productive in the run game, um, and that's going to be key. And you've got a mobile quarterback, so you're not dealing with a guy that's going to stay in the pocket unless it's Garoppolo. Um, but with Lance, I think you're going to see a lot of a lot of movement moving the pocket. So it's important, but it is not as um, it is not as uh, critical as say with a pocket passer that you know Brady. You're not going to move the pocket with him or do that with with Lance. Certainly not the quarterback that Brady is who is. But you know, I think they can certainly work around that a little bit better. Uh, than a pocket passer will. And then the Raiders, I mean, they're loaded with skilled people. They're great tight end in Waller. They get Adams to go with Renfro. A lot of people are expecting Derek Carr to have that amazing year. Do you evaluate their offensive line as average, better than average? What grade would you give them right now? Average, a little bit above, and I think what you've got to do until you're more comfortable with it, maybe some two tight end sets, and certainly Waller can be effective, but you want him out on routes. You've got to work your backs and maybe – two tight end sets and some uh, 21 personnel uh, or 12 personnel where you have two tight ends where maybe you can have a, a, a tight end to help in pass protection. Because, listen, the one thing about having a tight end uh, and, you know, you can really work the seam and it's a great check down option, but you've got to have enough time to be able to work some of the deeper routes with the tight end and with the receiver. So uh, I think it's a question mark there that the, the biggest different. I mean, I think the Raiders will be improved. I think they're a little bit more organized and uh, they've got to clean up some things on the roster, including, you know, releasing a former first round pick on that offensive line that was really poorly evaluated and overvalued in the draft. And Leatherwood, what, what's difficult for the Raiders is they're in such a tough division. They're, they're a pretty nice team. Pretty nice. You know, in some spots, they've got pretty good players, but they're clearly the fourth best team roster wise in that division and that's not bad it's it's not they're not bad at all but they're fourth best in that division so they're going to need a little help and unless there's some bad fortune injury wise they're they're looking up at it so relatively speaking they're going to get challenged quite a bit in their division alone before I ask you about some college teams, I want to just pick your brain on the Saints. Could they be a sleeper team? You talked about their defense. Dennis Allen's now the head coach. I'm just not sold on Jameis Winston and his consistency and taking care of the football. We have Alvin Kamara, who is facing serious charges. We don't know if that is going to remove him from the football field at any point during this season. With the Bucks' offensive line and the question marks, could you see the Saints being a team that wins that division? I could. Uh, you hit on the question marks. Um, you know, I don't know what to make of the Kamara situation. I've heard different things about the severity, and we'll let that play out. He's certainly a big factor. But I will say this that receiving core is a lot better. I mean, you got Chris Olave that's joining, you know, Michael Thomas is coming back, and then Jarvis Landry. So you've got three guys that can line up. That, that's better than they've had in quite some time. With Kamara, when and if they get him, pretty good. Uh, I think the depth on the offensive line was hurt a little bit with Penning going down last week, but pretty solid group like the defense. So yeah, they're they're good. And it, you know, Winston can go vertically. He's like I think they've done a nice job with him, and I think that the key is protecting the football. He doesn't need to make 
you know, big play after big play. He just needs to make prudent plays, prudent decisions, and then cut that, cut it down um, on that aspect. Of, look, I mean, I think they not only can, I think they'll be the team to beat. But I'm with you um, in that, you know, I think that there's a big question mark there, and it's just hard to look at the Bucks and say, well, you know, all the problems, but they still got Brady. So it's 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 going to be an interesting fight in that division, I think, because I think it is a two-team race. I think that Atlanta and Carolina are not are not where those two, those two teams are in that division. All right, before we get to college football, let's talk a little bit about what you do, not only with LandryFootball.com, but you're producing content via social media and everything all the time. You're doing a lot of shows. What's the best way for people to get your material? You know, it's all Kyle's at LandryFootball.com. So you can go to the website and get the uh, coaching and scouting viewpoint of the pro and college game over at LandryFootball.com. We've got all our podcasts. Uh, we run it uh, all through there. You can follow me on Twitter at Landry Football, Facebook Landry Football, Instagram Landry Football. So we've got all of it there. Uh, check it out. If you like football, you're going to love LandryFootball.com. It's like having your own coaching and scouting department uh, at your fingertips for less than a magazine subscription. All right. As we are talking on Labor Day weekend, can't forecast injuries. How many teams in college football do you think realistically could win a national championship this year? Three, uh, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. Um, there's going to be a number of teams that could get into that fourth spot, like, you know, a Michigan or a, a, a Cincinnati did last year. Uh, but they're unlikely to be real competitive against, you know, the in the semifinal game. So those are the three. Now, could a Clemson get in as the fourth team with their schedule? Maybe. Could a Utah surprising get in? Maybe. I mean, there's a – there's really not a fourth team. There's like, there's there's Alabama's slight gap, Ohio State, another slight gap, Georgia, and then there's a big gap. So there's not, people will say things like, well, this team's ranked too high at four or five or six. There is no 15. If I were ranking it and I don't rank them, I grade them and then I rank them, there's like a one, two, three, and then you'd start at like nine. You know, so you just say, you know, so basically everybody from, Four to 12 are interchangeable, and maybe 13 through 22 are interchangeable. Who gets a little rhythm? Who gets a little hot? I mean, we could have some teams that are good enough to make the playoffs being that fourth seed, um, but I just I, I don't think anybody other than that three that I mentioned can win it. And the reason is you're going to have to go through one of those teams, and I, it's just it is the most chalky sport that we have, Grant. I mean, it is the most predictable. And that whole thing, do you like one of these three of the field? Uh, <laughs> you, you don't take the field, man. You don't take the field. Right. You take one of those three. It ain't. It, 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 it never is. Right. It never is. And unless those programs come back to the pack, and unless we get to the point where it's a 12-team playoff field, 16 teams, where we can focus more of it, everything is about can you win in the playoffs we don't see that. We see an Oklahoma program that's gotten there consistently, can't compete once they get there. Has Clemson fallen off kind of in the same realm? We'll see. Um, but, yeah, that's the three that I see, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. I'd be shocked. Not surprised, shocked if it's not one of them. Final thing, you did mention Michigan as maybe being that fourth team. Were you surprised that Jim Harbaugh named two starting quarterbacks? Yeah, no, I, I mentioned uh, – make, make sure I, I may have said that wrong. I said – 
could be that fourth team like Michigan yep. was last year right. getting in. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't think Michigan – yeah, I don't think Michigan's that tough. I don't think there is a playoff team in the Big Ten outside of Ohio State this year. Okay. Uh, I don't think I don't think Wisconsin. I don't think Michigan. I think it's going to be a drawback. I'm not surprised the way he did it. I think every situation is unique. They've got two soft teams that they play. The 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 battle is pretty even in his eyes. He will give both guys will likely play in both games, but both will get starter reps. I don't think it's a bad way at all. I I really don't. I, hmm. I think that you've got to look at it individually. You know, everybody says, well, you got to pick a starter. Well, eventually you do, but somebody's got to win it. I mean, picking it, it's easy. You know, it's it's who has separated themselves. Obviously, they haven't. Now, you know, it's it's normal, I guess, to look at Jim and, and kind of look cross-eyed and say, there he goes again doing something weird, and he does do a lot of that. In this case, I think he's got to let it play out. If there was a clear winner, I think he would have done it. The other thing is, let's be honest with it, Grant. You got to keep 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 players, particularly quarterbacks, engaged in today's world. If you say player A is the starter, player B is not, you know what player B is thinking, huh? Where can I? How quick can I get into the transfer portal? Yep. So a lot of this is you want to get them engaged, keep them engaged, and then just take it to where at least you go into the season to where they're going to be there that semester. Because if you make that decision three weeks ago before the classes start, the other guy's probably gone. That's a great point. That is a really, really good point. Chris, uh, speaking to you is awesome because that means it's football season. I sincerely appreciate your time. And uh, we'll be talking to you in the near future. Enjoy the games this weekend and the NFL Week 1 coming up on Thursday night. And, again, I really appreciate your time. Oh, always my pleasure to be with you. Been a great friend over the years. Love you and uh, look forward to doing it again soon. I really enjoy talking to Chris. Always appreciate his time. And again, you can go to LandryFootball.com to check out his website. Now time for our CrowdUltra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com and maybe I will answer your question on next week's podcast. David asks, is John Gruden delusional for being hopeful for another chance in the NFL? I don't think he's delusional for being hopeful but I don't see him being a coach in the NFL again. That would surprise me quite a bit, David. Trevor wants to know, how many wins do the Broncos get this year? I'm going to say nine and eight. I think they're a little bit overrated. I think they play in the toughest division in football. I have them going nine wins, eight losses. I could see them going 10 and seven. I don't see them winning more than 10 games. Rich wants to know, what's your take on Garoppolo's restructured contract? Rich, I've talked about it a lot this week. I think it's great for the 49ers. I think it elevates them to one of the real top teams in football. I think they're super made ready, and it is a win-win for San Francisco. There is no negatives at all to having Jimmy Garoppolo on the team. I think it's a great move. Julian wants to know, have I watched Untold Operation Flagrant Foul about Tim Donaghy? I have not Uh, I will watch it at some point, but I have not. Certainly, I'm very familiar with the story, uh, but I will watch it. Reed wants to know, am I surprised by R.J. Barrett's extension? No, not at all. I mean, he loves playing for the Knicks. The Knicks fans love him. He works his ass off. He's gotten better in every year he's been in the league. So why not sign him to an extension? I mean, again, he's a good fit for the Knicks. They love him there, and he wants to be there. So absolutely not. I was not surprised uh, at all. Ben wants to know, why would Roger Goodell 
run the arbitration for the Brian Flores lawsuit. Ben, when it comes to the National Football League, I don't know why anything is run the way it is. To me, there is absolutely no rhyme or reason when it comes to things off the field in the National Football League. Jackson wants to know, will Jake Browning or Ian Book get signed to another team after getting cut? Well, I saw on Wednesday, Ian did sign with the Philadelphia Eagles. I have not seen anything on Jake Browning, but of course, both local products, Ian from Oak Ridge High School, Jake from Folsom High School. Ian was on the Saints last year, but now he is on the Philadelphia Eagles. Aaron asks, can you believe unvaccinated NBA players still have to get tested weekly. I'm I'm blown away by that. I was very surprised when I saw that on social media. So to answer your question, no, I cannot believe that. Just go to Crowd Ultra Q and A. Give me a question. Maybe I'll answer it next week. It's time for rant. 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 Today's rant is brought to you by Sky Oak Capital, a financial planning and wealth management firm. As an SEC registered investment advisor, Sky Oak Capital's primary focus is protecting your assets by mitigating risk. They provide returns to allow you to retire comfortably. Just go to skyoak.com, that's skyoak.com, to take a free risk analysis. Views and opinions expressed by this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of Sky Oak capital what's the infatuation with tom brady and his wife giselle i understand that she's a big time model i understand that she's very famous and i get the fact that celebrities are always in the news you know i read a story in the new york post yesterday about their perceived marital difficulties the new york post reporting that she's left and gone to costa rica uh many other reporting that she is not happy that tom went back after he announced his retirement and that there was friction in the marriage because of that. My question is, does that really concern you? Like, why is Tom Brady's marital life our business? Why? Because she's a model and he's a very well-known quarterback? Like, does that interest you? Seriously. If you're a fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the National Football League, why would Tom Brady's marital life be of any concern to anyone. How about get a freaking life? How about worry about your relationships and your family? I just don't understand this. I really don't. Our society is so damn eager and so damn nosy to know everybody else's business. And I understand that celebrities walk down a different line than you or I. I get that. I'm a public figure, although in a much, 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 much smaller way than Tom Brady. I get it. But again, my personal life is my personal life. It's not yours. It's none of your business. Tom Brady's personal life is none of my business. I don't understand why so many people are constantly trying to uncover the rift between him and his wife, or I should say the perceived rift between Tom and Giselle. Get a freaking life yourself. Seriously, stop it already with that nonsense. And that's my rant for today. That is my podcast for today. I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous holiday weekend. And I'll talk to you next week right here, if you don't like that, with Grant Napier. So long, everybody. Love. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.